It's the TEH podcast, episode number 168. I'm Leo Notenboom of askleo.com. And I'm Gary Rosenzweig of macmost.com. And we're back. Uh, yeah. It's what, been like a month since our it's last episode? It's been like episode? a month. Yeah, I was uh, traveling a lot. And yeah, we had one week where where I was just you know it, it, no it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which happens from time to time for sure. So, but um, so actually, yeah, let's let's talk about your travels. Uh, you've got a, a list of interesting stuff. I'll tell you a little later why I'm really really interested in what you have to say about some of these topics. Yeah, well, you know, anytime I travel, technology always comes into it. I mean, first of all, I mean, travel is made possible by technology, like airplanes and scheduling in airports and trains and all sorts of things. But also, of course, you pack up your technology. Um, you don't have your closet full of gadgets anymore. You just have what's in your bag. And things are different when you travel the world, how technology is used. And as somebody like us, you just see it everywhere, maybe more than more than a lot of other people. Like for instance, the, you know, so, well, I should start off by saying where I went, right? Um, I was in uh, Denmark. Well, it could be an undisclosed yeah. location. That's okay, too. Undisclosed. <laughs> no, I was in Denmark, Sweden, and Norway. Awesome. Um, so, uh, you know, three Scandinavian countries. And, uh, you know, and I, I know things you're deaf into Europe many, many times. And I've observed different things. Like, for instance, years ago, I mean, like more than a decade ago, you could expect uh, when you eat at a restaurant, almost anywhere, at least anywhere I've been in Europe, that the bill, you don't get the bill, you get the wait staff with a, like a checkout thing in their hands oh, right. and yep. they don't take your credit card away from you. Right. Correct. You're not supposed to, not even the United States are they supposed to, but they do. Um, so yeah, it's all done like at the table and, and all of that. And that has even gone further because a few things have happened. A few years have passed. Uh, last time I was in Europe was 2018 and also the pandemic. I know just like in the United States, a lot of things moved forward technology-wise, right, especially right. if there could be a good excuse for less contact and you know things like that. And hey, every payments, technologist's dream, less personal contact. Yay. Best personal contact. <laughs> I'm telling you. So, okay. So I only touched local currency one time the entire two-week trip. Wow. You took- <laughs> In two out of the three countries, I never saw the local currency. I paid everything, almost everything with my phone a few things with the card everywhere i went they took apple pay i mean it was everywhere that's awesome restaurants souvenir stands carts on the street uh, hotels everywhere it was just phone and for in, and maybe there's a translation thing of course i'm not speaking the local language but it was always referred to as card we accept car- cards you play with card and i was like phone they were like yeah card <laughs> i was like okay um <laughs> And so, you know, it was Apple Pay everywhere. It never failed me, um, which was interesting because sometimes it fails here. Right. <laughs> Particularly, you know, you've got, because, you know, it's Apple Pay is your first step, just like, you know, Google Pay and Samsung Pay and all those mm-hmm. others are the mm-hmm. same. It's your first step, but then it's linking into your individual credit card that you're using so and all that. a credit card behind the scenes somewhere, yeah. Sometimes. So for instance, I know that I've got my American Express card on Apple Pay. If I switch to American Express and I start going around Denver here, paying for things with Apple Pay, it's going to fail a couple places. And if I switch then to using my MasterCard, it'll work in the same place. Okay, so the, there's a difference. It, nothing over there seemed to matter. It just always worked. Apple Pay always worked and fast, like really fast like immediately, you know, which was really cool to see. Um, a lot of places were only mobile payments. Like you could not pay with cash. Okay. As a matter of fact, I'd say most of them. And we're talking about like the places where you expect to find cash the most. Guy selling, you know, with an ice cream truck, selling ice cream, only only card. That's it, no cash. Uh, you know, uh, restaurants, we don't accept cash. There were signs, no cash everywhere. So the, like the one time I said, there was one time I had to actually have cash. I, you know, in a long trip, we wanted to do some laundry in the middle of the trip. I found a little local laundromat, went there. They were the opposite. For some reason, they only took cash. <laughs> they were like a commercial laundry facility that had a little thing in the front where you could do like your own laundry for travelers. 
and you could only do cash. Strangely enough, they would have accepted American dollars, um, which I didn't have any on me. But I had to go to the ATM and get out some Swedish kroner and pay. And then I had change. And then I had a heck of a time getting rid of that change. At one point, I went to like an ice thing and got ice cream and was like, got the perfect amount of ice cream that would have used up all my change, only to have them tell me, no cash. <laughs> and I had to pay with my, my phone and then look for another place to get rid of the cash. Um, so it was really interesting to see that how far advanced and they didn't they didn't care if it was Apple Pay, Google Pay. It was all universal. Um, they also would have accepted the tap of a card, you know, the cards that have the NFC on NFCs, them. right? Um, that would have been fine, too. I paid a few times to the credit card only for like like uh, checking out of a hotel. And I wanted to put it on my American Express card because I wanted to get the five X points for mm -hmm. travel and all that. So, you know, so then I held back my phone and said, oh, well, hold on. I should get up my American Express card and put it, you know, put the pin there and all that. And uh, so that was that was basically it. I think one time we took a, oh taxis, taxis. We always paid with uh, the phone. You know, same little handheld device that a, a you know waiter in a restaurant would bring up. They had there in the taxi, and then you you know do it there. Um, and one time the guy's like system wasn't working, and oh, right. he was apologetic, and he was able to, but he was able to use an older system with, that took cards. And that was the only time I ran into it. But it was the same taxi company that I took a bunch of times, and phone worked fine. So it was just fascinating, and it was so frustrating because like immediately we felt that getting back. Here in the United States, right, 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 right. Yeah, immediately we're like, you know, Apple. Oh, they don't, uh, they don't take Apple Pay. You know, it's like uh, this is our favorite restaurant. We go there all the time, and they won't take Apple Pay. We just got through two weeks of everybody taking Apple Pay. Um, so, so that I'll, was. Frustrating. I, I want to before you move on to the next topic. Yeah. I want to move. I want to share why I'm so incredibly interested, is because at the end of September I'm going to be visiting the Netherlands. Yeah. So um, it's essentially the, I've got exactly the same kinds of questions that you are in the process of answering, like right one yeah. after the other. Um, I was going to ask about Google Pay, but clearly Google Pay is going to work everywhere, which I find. Everywhere. And they have their own, they have their own stuff. Matter of fact, there was a confusing moment at one point because uh, a couple of times people had said to me that they take mobile pay. And I was like, well, that's probably generic, right? Mm -hmm. For paying with this and i said yeah okay great and i paid and then one time i actually said that back they said oh you know uh i said do you take mobile pay and they said oh no we don't i'm sorry and i said oh so you can't pay by like so you only take cards a card or the phone i'm like well so you take like <laughs> apple pay and they're like yeah i said but you don't take mobile pay no not mobile pay and then somebody who we were reading with who's local um actually said oh mobile pay is the name of an app <laughs> it's kind of like Venmo or something. Right. And right, right. yeah. And I did actually, from that point on, I started to see that logo a few places. Yes. So I was like, oh, okay. All right. Never mind. I, yeah, that was interesting. So as so, you yeah. were, as you were talking, um, I wrote myself a couple of notes. Uh, you know, obviously I'm using Google pay wherever I possibly mm -hmm. can these mm -hmm. days, just cause it's so convenient. But, uh, because I switched phones, because Google pay switched from Google pay to, so they switched apps about a year ago, and I'm not sure I made sure that all of my credit cards were associated with it. So I just made myself a note to, yeah, you know, I should probably make sure that yeah. uh, my American Express card is in there. Um, another card that I plan to use is in there um, just in preparation for the trip. And <laughs> when you started talking about cash, I suddenly realized that, you know, I probably have some leftover euros from the last mm. time I was in Holland, which is three or four years ago now. Um, and sure enough, in my desk drawer here, I've got a an envelope with um, what forty euros and and some change um, that I'll just have to throw oh, yeah. in my pocket. Normally, in the past, the thing to do—you've probably done this yourself. Uh, as it turns out, the to, the most cost-effective way in recent years to get local currency was to literally hit a cash machine at the airport before you yeah. left the airport. And uh, I did that last time I was there, but clearly I'm not going to have to do that this time if everything is wonderfully electronic. Yep. So that's if good. If it wasn't hear. for that trip to the laundromat, we would have never even seen foreign currency the whole time. Very cool. Um, the, uh, yeah. So, it, you know, it was, it was interesting doing that and how far ahead they are from us in, mm -hmm. in that. Now I did, uh, that also brings up the subject of like apps, um, you know, uh, getting taxis and stuff because so the three countries we were in have banned Uber. 
Uber really? and, Lyft and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, you know, it basically comes down to the, you know, they don't, the whole like private cars driving around. Yeah. You know, it's not going to happen for them, but at least the taxi companies were up to date with having apps. Okay. Unfortunately, it was different in every country, or at least I kind of thought it was. So I downloaded a special app for Denmark uh-huh. and we used that in Copenhagen a few times to get taxis. And it worked the same way, except for the fact that I didn't know, you know, I was so used to the idea of like Uber and Lyft you pay in the app, right? So you, you you open the door, you get in the car, they take it where you want, you open the door and you leave. Right. Um, so I was shocked the Don't first do time that. I went to get out of the cab, <laughs> but the guy's like, hey, you haven't paid yet. Um, and then of course, you know, my my American instinct is, oh, they're trying to scam me, right? Well, it turns out that the, the first app I used actually had a way to go in and enter payment data, which I assumed you would have to do. So I right. did it. But... I found out later when you go to book it, there's actually a button for pay now or pay in the taxi Ah. that of course I would never look for it when using Uber or Lyft. So I recognized that. And actually I left it off after I recognized that I said, Oh, you know what? I'll just pay in the taxi each time. Um, So that was interesting. And I had to get, so I got one for Denmark for Copenhagen. Then I had to get it, you know, that's only for Denmark. So then I had a completely different one for Stockholm. And then I had to do a completely different one for Norway, mm-hmm. except that I never got that taxi app to work. Um, so strangely enough, they had a website and the website worked like on the browser on my phone to okay. actually get the cab to come. Yep. Yep. So that was kind of interesting that they, you know, of course, why not? But so I just we're, something that, you know, were all here. of these apps in the local language or were no. there English versions? They were all, they were, they were all had, you know, you could set it to English and all of that. Or okay. actually for apps, you don't even need to set it to English because the apps can see like what the language of the device is and all that. Unlike a website where a lot of times right. you end up having to switch, right. you know. Um, I did find out later, uh, I, years ago, there was an app called Taxify that I used in multiple countries in Europe mm-hmm. and it didn't seem to be around anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I went to rent a scooter you know, uh, you know, one of those little scooters like in the U.S., but they had sure. them there too. So I went and I noticed one of them said Bolt on it. So I went to download the Bolt <laughs> app only to see that it was like, oh, you already have this app. I was like, how could I possibly have a Norwegian scooter app on my phone? <laughs> it turns out Bolt, uh, Taxify changed its name to Bolt a few years ago. <laughs> oh. And I could have used that to call cabs or rent scooters or do anything in, I think, all three countries for their get-go. So. Anyway, live and learn. That was like on the last day of the trip. Of course. <laughs> so, so that was kind of funny. Um, okay. Just making myself a note here for Bolt. <laughs> the Bolt, you know, check to see whether or not they cover uh, the Netherlands. Yep. Um, or find the app that does cover, cover the Netherlands. Or maybe they have Uber. You know what? It would be just like the Netherlands to actually still have Uber and Lyft, right? I did look um, at Uber specifically. I'm I'm more concerned when it comes to Uber and Lyft for that matter. Yeah. I'm they're both there, uh, yeah. or at least Uber is. I'm more concerned about the number of cars available and where in the country sure. they're available, because especially after the pandemic, the number of drivers for both of those services has actually dropped fairly dramatically, even locally. Right. So um, uh, that's one of the things that I've been uh, researching as part of it. But yeah. I've got a couple of other things up my sleeve, too, that tie that tie into what you're talking about. And I think what's coming up. Probably good to have, you know, multiple options ready Absolutely. on your phone and, and ready to go. Um, but, yeah, uh, that stuff worked great. And of course, you know, I mean, be, it, the countries I was in, I was not very worried about, you know, there's some some countries in Europe, unfortunately, you have to worry about uh, cab drivers scamming you and things like right. that. Right. And there are certain countries where you know, cab drivers or taxi drivers are some of the most honest people in the whole system because of the checks and balances and, and stuff. Right. Um, and uh, these three countries, I was not at all worried. It was like, whatever. The, you know, strange. I did learn a lesson, though. I learned an interesting lesson. I, don't, I guess this is kind of tangentially uh, taxi or, or technology oriented. But, you know, being a traveler and reading lots of travel blogs and doing all that stuff. I, it was my gut feeling when uh, my daughter and I decided to go to uh, the uh, Copenhagen Zoo. Mm-hmm. And it's way across the city, right? No no way to get there other than taking you know public transportation or a taxi. But no need to take a taxi. Public transportation will do it. So we actually took, uh, we walked to a uh, subway station. And we happened to be at a point that was kind of far from it at the moment. So it took us like 15 minutes to walk there. Walked to the subway station, got the subway. Subways are fantastic. 
and both Stock- uh, Copenhagen and Stockholm, I took uh, subways. Oh, amazing. Put America mm-hmm. to shame. But anyway, um, w- then we t- took us to about 20 minutes from the zoo. And then we walked 20 minutes on very hot days. <laughs> and so the whole total time was like an hour to get to right. the zoo. Right. We were shocked when we got to the zoo that it was so late in the day. And there were only a couple hours left for the zoo to be open. Not only that, but it was getting close to dinner. So we quickly walked around the zoo and then coming out, decided, you know, back with it. And I called a taxi and we were back at our hotel in 10 minutes. And I realized, you know, the conventional traveler's wisdom of like, oh, you're in Copenhagen. Take the subway. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, I mean, it turned a 10 minute taxi ride into an hour. Right. I only had four days in Copenhagen. Right. Right. I don't think that hour was a well-spent hour. <laughs> Sometimes taking the subway was great and really You're didn't saying, add any yep, time. Yep. But I think maybe looking back, it's like you spend so much money traveling over to Europe, so much money to stay in hotels in the middle of town, it, so much money on all the other stuff for traveling. And I basically saved 10 bucks by taking the subway, but I killed right. an hour. <laughs> so a- anyway, that was eye-opening and kind of changed my attitude forever that one day. Oh, it's and, interesting because. Know, um, my, my trip to, to the Netherlands is, uh, nominally to visit my cousin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she and her husband are in the past would be the ones to like pick me up at the airport and, and cart me around to various places, um, when I was interested in going places and we do some stuff together and so forth. Um, I'm having literally a discussion with her right now. I have WhatsApp open in another window mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, because I said, you know what? I would like this time to take the train from the airport uh, to your city, basically. And um, she said, no, we'll come pick you up. Okay, you know, all that kind of stuff. I said, no, 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 you don't get it. It it kind of dovetails what you what you were saying about the subway, is that the Netherlands has this wonderful train system. Mm. It puts the United States to absolute shame. Um and I just want to ride on it. I want I want to enjoy want it. Experience I want, it. I want to experience it. And um, so yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna end up doing is, is we're looking into okay, how do you pay for it? What are the what's the way to get on it? Where do you go? Um, you know, how is all that handled? And um, yeah, I I expect to uh to spend most of my time for large distances, uh, you know, doing the train and then uh, my hotel rents bicycles. I'll probably have, you know, do some bicycle yeah. trips, assuming that the weather is good. Because the neat thing about the Netherlands is that it is flat, uh, which mm. makes cycling significantly more pleasant, uh, especially when compared to my local neighborhood, because we're on a top of a hill and it's like 300 feet down to go anywhere and it's 300 feet up to come back home. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that, assuming the weather cooperates, of course. And if it doesn't, well, then of course I'll probably ask my cousin, <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, the, the whole concept of public transportation, uh, we think about so dramatically differently here in the United States uh, as compared to most of Europe. And uh, yeah, I've, it doesn't surprise me at all that, uh, you know, uh, the Nordic, countries would have better solutions. I know that the Netherlands does. And indeed, I absolutely understand the 10 minute versus one hour thing when you're dealing with time. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the trade-off uh, makes a lot of sense. I I have not yet looked into uh, the taxi solutions for the Netherlands because I wasn't necessarily going to, uh, going to be taking any taxis. But as you pointed out, it's also good to have additional alternatives ready if you find yourself in that situation. So well, very sure. cool. Very cool. I, uh, Good to hear about all that. As as far as public transportation, I, I as I said, I took the subways uh, in Copenhagen and Stockholm. Um, both were excellent. Both uh, really had nobody checking anything. <laughs> like mm-hmm. in Copenhagen, particularly. I mean, you walk down the stairs, you walk onto the train. There wasn't even a turnstile. Hmm. You know, um, the I bought a like a seventy two hour pass on my phone, mm-hmm. so I downloaded their app. Mm-hmm. And I, it, the app had a way to buy a pass for 72 hours on the phone. I never had to do anything with it. I never had to show it to anybody or anything like that. They have a little system for check-in, check-out if you have their little card. Right. But it doesn't apparently work with the phones. It's just honor system. But some cards were honor system too because there's nobody watching. Um, but the subways were immaculate and they ran 
so often, instead of having like big trains running every 10 or 15 minutes, it was like small trains running every like two minutes. Hmm. Um, Copenhagen too was like, it was so clean. Uh, it was incredible, but I did take, we did take the actual train, the train train mm-hmm. <laughs> from Copenhagen to Stockholm. And that was, as you would expect a European train to be in all, it was weird to buy the tickets though, because of course I wanted to buy the tickets before I left the United States. Mm-hmm. And I could not, it, I spent more time trying to figure out how to buy those train tickets than I did buying all the airfares I needed for everything. Right. Um, it is difficult because I think because a lot of train tickets are sold by just going to the station and buying your ticket and get on the train. Right. And here I am just like, no, I don't want that to chance. Right. This is like our big connection from one city to another. I have the air, the flights I've had for months. I want to have this train ticket ready to go. Uh, so I struggled with all of the sites and trying to get these tickets to, um, you know, so many different sites didn't actually even work to, you know, get you train tickets. I eventually was able to get it figured out, but it took mm-hmm. hours of actual work in the months before the trip to to get my train tickets, have them printed out, and of course, brought them on the train, sat in our first-class seats, because strangely in Europe, like first-class seats are about 10% more than coach. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I understand if you're commuting every day, maybe, but if this is a once-in-a-lifetime trip, why are you not paying the 10% more to get the bigger seats <laughs> right, and the nice right. resort, you know, but anyway, you know, so we sat, we did the five, five hour train ride. Nobody ever asked us for the tickets. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was kind of funny. It's funny. Cause I'm, st- I, one of the things I was struggling with literally last night, um, is essentially the same thing with the Netherlands train system. Yeah. I'm not necessarily booking, uh, specific trips, but the way they work is they essentially have a prepaid card, um, is the way yeah. they work, tend to work it. And, uh, you know, there's, the, it's all optimized for, uh, when you get off the airplane, here's where you go in the airport to get your card or to, to pay whatever mm-hmm. or to do whatever. I want to do that all beforehand, right? I want, I want, I want to, to just know that I've got it all in sure. place, ready to go. Um, and uh, so far I've been unsuccessful. I have installed their app on my phone, like you did. Uh, and I'm trying to set up an account, but the account requires your address and they apparently can't seem to verify my United States address. Yeah. <laughs> so that sounds it, it, kind of familiar. Does this to... sound very familiar? Yes. Uh... Um, so it'll be interesting to see if I'm able to make headway there. I mean, you know, obviously I've got enough safety nets over there that even if the whole thing falls apart, it's not a big deal, but I'd like to be able to get it to work just because. Yes, I know. It's frustrating. I did um, a, one word of warning, though, about you, you want to bike around mm-hmm. uh, the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. So Copenhagen is known as extremely bike, you know, happy city, mm-hmm. right? To an extreme. Um, bikes everywhere. I've never mm-hmm. seen so many bikes. Even to, I think Tokyo. Go to the Netherlands. <laughs> forget. Well, that's what I'm thinking here. Okay. So Around where we were downtown, there were places where if I wanted to count, I could literally sit, uh, stand at the corner and count hundreds of bikes mm-hmm. before one car, right. <laughs> bike after bike after bike at various speeds, sometimes in tight groups. It got to the point where you know, I didn't really ever think, oh, I, I'll, I'll get one of the bikes you could rent. There's bikes everywhere. There were like bikes you can rent from every company you can imagine. And then my hotel had a bunch of bikes right up front. I mean, there was all these bikes and I was like, I don't know if I'm skilled enough. It's like <laughs> to actually get into these, these bike highways that are like right there downtown. Right. Like it seemed intimidating. And then even watching like when there was a red light and I would stop and I'd see all the bikes pile up and stop, they're all right on top of each other. Right. Like way closer than I would have been comfortable with in the United States. If like, you know, I get to an intersection and another bike, you know, one other bike, that's a big deal. It's like, Hey, there's another guy biking on the street. Um, if that person would have gotten as close as these people in Copenhagen did, I would have been like, what are you doing? You know, these people are right on top of each other. And then the light turns green and they all kind of take off. Did you I would do have any been like driving yourself? Hmm. Did you do any driving yourself? I did in Denmark. I did. I did driving. We were in Western Denmark for a while visiting family, and I uh-huh. drove to Copenhagen because, it, you know, this was. I should listen to myself here. Instead of taking the train, we knew we could see some things along the way and still get to Copenhagen faster if we just drove. Right. And um, so I only drove in a city during this trip during the last five miles 
maybe, you know, going into Copenhagen sure. to return the car downtown near a hotel. Um, but that was about it. And, you know, the, driving out in the country in Denmark is really no different than driving in the United States. It's not like right. uh, on, the, on the British Isles where it can be well, very yeah. different. It's on the <laughs> left. And sometimes their idea of a wide road is basically the width of a car, not including the mirrors on the side. I was going to say that. that so uh, the last two times I was in the Netherlands, um, yeah. I rented a car and drove around. And it's it's both comfortable in the sense that it's, you know, very similar to what we have here. Um, there's lots of cars. The big difference, there are two big differences. One is <laughs> there's a lot of bikes. And if you're not paying attention, um, you oh, really yeah. want to be paying attention for cyclists. It's just not something we're used to here. Bikes and pedestrians. And yep. um, and as you yeah. pointed out, um, some of the roads are incredibly narrow. Especially the same like way these, the, is it that way in the Netherlands? Yeah. These older, older villages that you end up driving through. I mean, the, the highways are fine, right? They're, they've got freeways and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But when you're off, you know, visiting the little places like, you know, the, the city where my mom was born, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, these are tiny little roads and they've, they've weren't built for what they're carrying right now. So you end up having to really understand exactly how wide your car is, or you're running into troubles. Yep. Exactly. Um, Let's see. Oh, so, you know, I do have to report one thing that was exactly the same as it has been for all the years is how crappy it is to connect to Wi-Fi at hotels, uh, especially for trying to use a VPN. First of all, we stayed at four different hotels. Each one of those hotels had a vastly different way of connecting to the Internet. You know, you go and you sign on to this little and you get a little a little web page that asks you for different information. Mm -hmm. You know, your room number, your last name, your whatever. Agree to this. Agree to that. Um, if you have VPN, your VPN is fighting with it saying, hey, you can't you, you can't have access to this page because you're not buying the VPN. Right. And the page itself is not letting you access. You have to turn your VPN off right. and struggle to like connect and then turn your VPN on after you connect. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't. And sometimes you just have to give up, turn Wi-Fi off, reset everything, go in again. Some hotels should be good for a day or two. And then have to go through the whole thing again. Other right. hotels, it seemed like if you just closed your laptop for a second, you had to go through <laughs> the whole thing. Um, it was very painful. One hotel we stayed at, half of our devices, you know, we're talking about laptops and iPads and phones and stuff. Half of our devices could not get to common websites, things like Google or Netflix or whatever. Uh, but other websites like my website, MacMost, worked fine. But the other ones just didn't work. I tracked it down to an IPv6 problem. And I don't know what the problem is. All I know is that if I switched the devices to manual IPv6, gave it some fake info that basically was equivalent to disabling it, then everything worked, which was weird. I've run, I've run into that kind of issue before, and I, I don't know how difficult it is on, on the Macs and the i, the I devices, yeah. but... Uh, whenever it's like one of my first diagnostic steps is turn off IPv6, just yeah. turn it off. Um, it, it was weird. And I, yeah. I don't know, you know, I didn't finish trying to diagnose the problem. I was just like, okay, sure. the band-aid solution is yep. turn off IPv6, yep. everything works. And, um, you know, and then I didn't worry about it past that. It's like, okay, and it's not my share, problem. I don't which use VPN you're using? Uh, I'm using, uh, well, I, on my laptop, I was using, uh, private internet access, but this was happening on other devices we had that were not running VPNs. Okay. So well, the reason actually, I ask is because yeah. I'm, I'm to have a VPN that I plan to use as much as yeah. I can. Um, but it's proton VPN, which is of course it's self-centered or headquartered in Europe. Oh. Um, so I'm hoping it'll do well over there. I know that I was using it last night to watch some Dutch television, which is, um, geographically restricted. In other words, if I don't use the VPN, I'm sure. not allowed to watch. Um, but I fired up the VPN and the, the video came through just fine. Um, yeah, I was, I, see. I was fine. And actually that IPv6 problem didn't happen on my laptop because it was using VPN because it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, but it was happening on other family members' devices and that was what made it even more confusing and all. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and it was nice with the VPN too because I was able to switch between say, a local VPN uh, server, mm -hmm. but I wanted to serve local things, looking at restaurants and stuff like that, and right. then switch to back to Denver when I wanted to do stuff and, you know, maintaining my, you know, my sites and things right. and make it look like uh, it was, wasn't really any different than normal, you know? Right. So I switched back and forth. Um, 
I did have a, so that was bad. I did actually have an even worse situation in Denmark. Um, we had three iPhones and we were driving and suddenly I wasn't able to get any service on my, not, not service. I got full bars and I was connected to some local well-known, you know, a mobile phone provider. Mm -hmm. Couldn't browse a web page, couldn't get directions. Family member number two, same problem. Family number three, no problem. Could access everything. <laughs> um, the problem was, is they had like three different providers, right? And we had our set to auto and we were then getting attached to different ones. So I had to actually go in. There's a setting where you could say, don't give me an auto connection to whatever provider you want. Specifically, choose this provider. Hmm. And when I went down the list, I found one that worked fine. But if I went to one of the other ones, it did not work. Interesting. So there were providers there that were not playing well with our American accounts, I guess. I, I s assume it's it's a business relationship thing yeah. right? where, where your okay. mobile provider here has a relationship with one of the uh, international providers to provide uh, coverage. Yeah. So yeah, that makes Shouldn't sense. Shouldn't be. I mean, I don't know. I turned that, I turned auto back on when we went to Sweden and from that point on did not have any issues. So it was only something in Denmark that was annoying, but another thing. Now, AirTags, mm -hmm. AirTags actually saved the day, but in a way that you would never expect. <laughs> so okay. you put, you put AirTags in your luggage as a lot of people do. Right. So if your bags get lost while they're lost, you have the satisfaction of knowing that they exist in the world. <laughs> knowing knowing what, what trip they're taking. Yes. They're true. Yeah. I mean, it's like, as I say, it's not going to do you any good. It's not like United Airlines or somebody is going to say, oh, you say you have the location on AirTags? Quick, let's get our crack force of baggage relocators <laughs> onto this. They're going to, we're going to send a helicopter out, right? You know, they're not going to do that, right? They're not going to care that you know where the bag is. It's just lost. They'll figure it out. Leave us alone. But we, we put them in the bags anyway. It gives you peace of mind. However, there was a situation that it actually did help and save the day. So we left Denver and we had to fly to Zurich, Zurich to Denmark. Okay. We check our bags in Denver and they stick a label on them that says Denver to Zurich. And I say, uh, it, that doesn't seem right. We're going to Denmark. Zurich is our stop. And they said, yo, you have to go get your bags in Zurich. And I was like, oh, that's never happened before. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Yes, absolutely sure. That's the way it works now. We're like, okay. So we board our plane, we fly, we land in Zurich. We go through and everybody else is going to get their bags because you, you do something with them. You know, you get them, you, you look at them, you give them to somebody else and they go on their way, right? Right. You know, it's... Because you're entering the country, entering the EU, or actually, as it's known, the EU and Switzerland, right? Because Switzerland's not part of the EU. But if you're traveling, there's this country known as EU and Switzerland that you <laughs> enter. And it's this weird thing that right. Switzerland has an arrangement with the EU that for travelers, they're the same. Anyway, so we get to Zurich and we're, you know, to oh, go over here. I'm like, no, I, I think we have to go out the baggage claim to get them like no, no no then you're entering switzerland you don't need to enter switzerland you're going through and i'm like yeah but we need to go and get these so we went in the proper line to go out and get them and the person at passport control is like you're in the wrong line you need to go over there you're back you know you don't need to get your bags and we're like i'm pretty sure we do because the label said zurich on them which means they're going to not go past here unless we get them and then I looked at the air tags thing, and sure enough, our bags were outside of this area in the regular baggage claim. So despite everybody telling us we were doing the wrong thing, I continued to pursue the course of entering Switzerland, which then put us into like the regular baggage claim where our bags, in fact, were, just like the air tags told us. Hmm. And we grabbed our bags, waited in the super long line, <laughs> you know, with our, uh, our time diminishing, counting down to our flight taking off, waiting in the super mm -hmm. long line to recheck our bags. Even mm -hmm. when we got there, they were like, why did your bags get off here? We're like, we don't know. And they're like, somebody in Denver messed up. Your bags were not supposed to get off here. And like, we know. And they're like, it's a good thing you <laughs> got off here and came into Switzerland to get your bags because they would not have found you they didn't say they were supposed to go to Denmark, you know? Right. So we did all that. And it's like, without that air tanks confirmation, 
that they actually did go out into Switzerland. We may have gone through the other process, waited, not found our bags, missed our flight, not understood where the bags were, could have been a whole mess. Yeah, no kidding. So the bags didn't get lost. Nobody stole them. None of that happened. Yet the air tags still came in handy in an unexpected way. Kind of cool. So the um, I don't know if you've been reading any of the news about the Amsterdam airport. Yeah. But they are um, terribly overwhelmed right now. Mm. Well, lot, yeah, um, yeah. The worldwide, it's a big story. Yeah, between between weather and labor shortages and and everything, and one of the places that that is manifesting is in baggage handling. And yeah. in fact, um, my cousin made sure to let me know that you know, carry on only might be the way to go, and that's the plan for this one. So um, normally, I would check a bag just because uh, it's convenient. But um, in this case, no, it's it's going to be carry on only. So if you can, yeah, yeah, we could. We I mean, we were gone for two weeks. Right. You know, it's a whole thing. It, it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, that was interesting. Uh, one last interesting travel related thing was um, is TikTok related. Uh, we all know that apps track us and use various different things to figure out who we are, what we want to watch, you know, algorithms and all of that. I found it interesting, uh, easy to explain, but interesting what happened with TikTok. Um, I think at the by the middle of the trip, I was getting to the point where I was doing so much during the day that my body was getting tired before my brain was. Uh, <laughs> like I would, I was putting in like thirty thousand steps a day according to my watch, you know, seeing sure. stuff. Uh, so it would get to be like after dinner, and it's nine o'clock, and nine o'clock in the summer in Scandinavia, it's perfectly, it's daylight out, right? But my body was like, no, you're done. And my brain is like, all right, but I'm not going to sleep right now. So what do I do? So I started watching in the middle. I started bringing up my iPad and sitting there and trying to relax watching TikToks. Um, and interesting thing was all of a sudden my regular bits of stand up and how to and all sorts of other TikTok stuff the algorithm sends me mm -hmm. was gone to be replaced with things like top 10 things to do while in Sweden. You know, cool th places to visit in Stockholm. Uh, you know, people saying, hey, on my trip to Stockholm, here's what I saw. And I was like, well, this is interesting. TikTok yeah. knows I'm in Stockholm. Of course they know I'm in Stockholm. They know my location. But they don't just know that. They figured out and built into their algorithm, oh, here's somebody who lives their whole life in Colorado. All of a sudden, the location says they're somewhere else. Show them a bunch of travel-related TikToks. Yeah, that is that interesting. Area. I was I thought you were going to tell me that all of a sudden it was showing you all sorts of local TikToks, nope. right? No, nope. this was all it wow. was all travel related. And and you know what? I did at one point actually go and do something the next day that I saw on a TikTok. <laughs> I was like, oh, that museum looks really interesting. I want to go see that tomorrow. So I mean, you know, it did actually influence my behavior, but I was just, and then when I would, uh, after Sweden, Norway started showing me all this stuff, you know, differences between uh, how it is in Norway and the United States, you know, cool things, cool science facts about the fjords and how they were formed. I mean, all this stuff okay, was on question. there. And I, yeah. The, the, uh, that's the kind of stuff I would have expected a VPN to mask. Oh, no, no VPN. This is on my iPad. Oh, so you were my VPNs on my okay. Mac. My iPad is games, uh, watching movies on the flight, uh, TikTok, you know, maybe I'm bringing up the map and looking to see like, well, what restaurants nearby, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't do, so I didn't have any VPN running there. Would have okay. been interesting to see if that had been the case and if that would have changed. Um, but anyway, it was interesting. The algorithm yeah. did pick up and it was smart enough. They, you know, obviously somebody thought to put that into the TikTok algorithm. It was also interesting that after being, uh, mildly annoyed that it did that, I was kind of grateful that it did it because it added to the trip, not just showing me like things to do, but I'm learning about these places by going to museums and walking around and talking yes. to people and all of that. And yes. now I'm learning even more in the evening. I'm sitting there and I'm learning like, Oh, Oh, I didn't know about that's why the streets are like this here in this area of Stockholm. And I didn't know, Oh, that church. Hey, I've seen that church that really, wow. That's an interesting story. So anyway, that was kind of cool. Yeah. No kidding. I'll have to, uh, I will pay attention to that when I'm in the Netherlands to see what yeah. happens there. Um, that'll be kind of interesting. Hey, one question you, you did not address. 
Yes. Um, and I know it's something that you've talked about with some of your prior travels. Yeah. Um, which or how many cameras did you bring? Uh, just my iPhone. Okay. That was it. I used my okay. iPhone for everything. I just, you know, try not to let, um, you know, uh, taking pictures get in the way of seeing things. <laughs> right. No, I, did, I understand. Yeah. 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 I did take tons of pictures. I got some good pictures. Uh, I was thankful for the night photography, even though I wasn't out at night that much. I was able to get some cool pictures that, you know, with uh, nighttime stuff, I was able to, um, uh, yeah, it, you know, I'm really happy with the photos I took. I think they're beautiful. And they, I never had to think about cameras. So I just pulled my iPhone 13 Pro out of my pocket whenever I wanted to and uh, snapped a photo. And did you do any in-flight Wi-Fi? Uh, did I? I don't think I did because our flight there would have been in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Our flight home was Sunday afternoon and I was tired. And I said, nah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eh, I'm not going to deal with it. And I basically slept a little bit, watched like two movies and I didn't do uh, any, any of that stuff. So, so no, I didn't end up using that on the, the train. I used Wi-Fi um, during that five hour trip. Uh, oh, but cool. besides that, no. Um, to go back to the bag story for your air tag story for a minute. Yeah. Um, there was one time I'm trying to remember the trip. I don't, I'm, there was one time where, uh, we had an international connection and we did have to, uh, pick up our bag, run it through whatever and resubmit it. And the big deal was not that it wasn't possible, but that it was a change of airlines that didn't have some kind of an operating agreement. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, so we did definitely example, have, a, have that. Yeah. If if you're if you know if you're traveling like in my case, right? I'll be traveling uh, both Delta and uh, KLM, the Dutch airline, yeah. and you know they are part of the same uh, airline points. Uh, arrangement thing, right? I forget the, the yeah. something or other alliance. And uh, so when I ticket my bag through, it just gets ticketed through it. The, even the, the, the uh, KLM flight even has a Delta flight number in addition to its own. Uh, so that's pretty normal, right? I mean, in cases like that, you expect everything to be seamless, but when they are two, um, two airlines that don't have some kind of an operating agreement like that, that's the scenario I think where things can get a little dicey when it comes to bags and you really want to pay attention. Yeah. Um, maybe that was, that might've been it. Oh, and also uh, vaccine cards, oh, despite yeah. the fact that everything I could tell that all things have been dropped with needing mm -hmm. them. We did need them one time, not going over there, not any of the stuff going over there, not moving around between the countries, never at any place we went to where we asked for it. But coming back, we flew th from Norway to Heathrow in London and then to the US. And for whatever reason, we had to stop at a desk in Heathrow. It was a United Airlines desk. So it was a United Airlines, United Airlines employee, no government official, right? right. And they just needed to check our passports. I think there was some, you know, the website, yeah, I should have been entered, able to enter in all the passport stuff on the website, but mm -hmm. it wasn't working. Mm. So it was like, all right. And so we went to this desk and there was no line, nobody. We went in and did it and we showed our passports. And just as that was finished, he asked to see our vaccination cards. Mm -hmm. And I was like, boy, it is a good thing at the last second I had us all bring those. <laughs> yeah. Because mm -hmm. I, it's like, as far as I know, you don't need them anymore. But anyway, he wanted to see them. We showed it to them and he was happy. And then we went on our way back to the United States. So we, even if, even if you hear that you don't need them, you, you may want to bring them just in case. So it's, uh, that's also one of the things I was researching in the past couple of days. Uh, it, it all, all indications are indeed that you don't need them day to day. Yeah. Uh, there does seem to be. Um, a form that I needed to fill out that uh, that basically attests to my having been vaccinated a certain way. Yeah, uh, you know they want to know which vaccine I had, which booster I had, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's a form that I'm supposed to apparently print out and have with me when I land in the Netherlands. Uh, yeah, it feels like one of those checklist items that's really removed, but they haven't gotten around to taking the instructions off the website yet. If that yeah. makes any sense, no, no, um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to take it away. I'd take it along anyway, along with the vaccine card. And I'm sure you've done this already. Um, 
is I scanned my vaccine card. So sure. I've got yeah, it on that. my phone. So even if I lose the piece of paper, um, I've got at least an image of it that hopefully somebody will believe. Sure. Yeah. And I've got my official, you know, supposed to be government issued official app from the state of Colorado with my vaccination records. Right. Who knows if a United Airlines official in Heathrow right. <laughs> Airport in <laughs> London would have, you know, felt obligated to accept uh, the governor of Colorado's um, executive order right. to to accept that. But I don't know. Anyway, so, yeah, so lots of travel stuff and be interested to hear uh, your experience after your trip. Yeah, yeah, no, it'll, I'll I'll definitely be paying attention to many of these same issues, actually, because as you say, it's not only is it the kind of stuff that you and I just naturally pay attention to and are interested in experimenting with, but it's the kind of stuff that you know a lot of people don't necessarily think about when they travel internationally. The things have changed in the past couple of years, so yep, I'm looking forward to it. And it sounds like you had a good trip overall. Yes, indeed. Good, cool. That's cool. Speaking of cool, see see how I did that. Yeah. Um, so tomorrow, as we're recording this on Tuesday, tomorrow turns out to be the 19th anniversary of Ask Leo. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the, the way I describe it in the newsletter that uh, came out this morning is that uh, 19 years ago, I had no idea. <laughs> right? mm. I had yeah. no idea that that, that that thing that I was starting then uh, would still be going close to 20 years later. Um, but here we are. Uh, in terms of Ain't It Cool and what we've been watching and playing with and so forth, uh, we caught caught up on Westworld last night. Don't know if you're watching that. It's on HBO Plus. Yep. I'm about HBO Max. Uh, four episodes in. So okay. I think I'm behind by it, one or two. Uh, yeah, I think it's a no, I think it's a 10 episode season. The last episode is tomorrow or this oh. coming Sunday. Oh, so I'm behind by like so, four or five yeah, episodes. You've, okay. you've got some episodes well, to catch all right, up on. I get to catching up. Um, the only thing I can say is I still find the fa- the the series incredibly fascinating. Just the, mm. the kinds of things they're thinking about, they just play so well to the kinds of things that you and I have thought about a lot and read about in our science fiction and so forth. But I also find the way they're st- telling the story often incredibly baffling. Um, one of the things that it took me a while in the original series to to catch on to was the fact that they were time jumping so much yes, and you didn't that. have a good sense for exactly, okay, where are we right now? Not, or excuse me, when are we right now? Yeah. Um, and that actually plays through, uh, they, they continue to do that. And it does make things a little bit complicated. Um, but once again, it's, you know, the production values are incredible. It's, it's really, really fascinating as long as you can pay attention and, and, you know, stay, stay with the plot line. Uh, so yeah, that was that's cool. that's my ain't it cool for this week. We saw a uh, you know trying to get over our jet lag coming back. Ended up going to a a, a matinee movie because you know you, you end up getting up at like five a.m. and then saying, well, I might as well go to work. You know, go upstairs, go to work, right. and then it's like four, you know, six o'clock in the uh, in the evening time to stop for dinner, and you realize you just worked for twelve hours straight. So eventually, on Tuesday, my wife and I said we can't do that anymore. So we set like a deadline of we're going to stop work at this time, and then oh, let's go see a, a movie. When was the last time we went to a weekday matinee at the movies? So we saw the movie Vengeance, which uh, just come out, and I highly recommend it. It is a fascinating movie. Um, a, uh, one guy wrote, directed, and stars in it. It's uh, you, somebody you might recognize if you ever watched The Office. <laughs> um, and uh, he uh, really great uh, screenplay uh, about a guy who goes to Texas, a New Yorker who goes to Texas and kind of experiences rural Texas, um, you know, and what people are like there. Uh, at the same time as there's a mystery and it's a bit of a thriller and it's social commentary and it's political, but not political. And it's like a million things at once. Like, don't tell this movie what it's supposed to be. It's a whole bunch of different things. Um, but I have to admit that it was a kind of movie that we sat down in the theater and probably not a thought outside of what I was seeing crossed my mind the entire time. Ooh. You just, you watch and yeah. you're like there watching the movie and nothing else. It was great, uh, great movie. Really happy with that. So check yeah. that out. Very cool. Yeah. 
And as always, since we have no commercials, we sponsor ourselves with our own blatant self-promotion. <laughs> um, mine this week is uh, six reasons there are still so many security breaches. Uh, the way I start that article out is you'd think we'd have it figured out by now. But as it turns out, there are a bunch of reasons. I'll leave it to you whether you think they're legitimate reasons or not as to why we continue to see security breaches almost daily these days. Remember mm. when we first started this podcast, we were talking, we, you know, we had this breach of the week, of the week feature. Yes. <laughs> um, but the, uh, um, you know, it's, it's almost a daily occurrence. Now I, I actually follow um, hacker news. I think it is on telegram and uh, yeah, every day there's like three or four new vulnerabilities, new breaches, new, this, that, or the other thing going on. And actually there are reasons. There really are the reason the reasons that uh, these continue to happen. That's askleo.com slash one, four, four, two, four. Cool. I'll put a link to a video about uh, using shortcuts uh, to set up your Mac for a presentation. Shortcuts is this app on a Mac that's basically an automation app. You can you know, have it do various things, change settings on your computer, launch apps, quit apps, all this stuff. And one of the ways you could use it is, um, you know, you, you have the situation where you have a presentation you're going to make, a slideshow you're going to give, and you need to remember, okay, I when, when I get to the meeting room, uh, I got to remember to uh, hide my desktop, uh, change the desktop background, maybe turn, turn the volume down. I got to quit some apps. I got to launch other apps, maybe get this web page you know, brought up uh, so I can switch to it to show them the website, uh, you know, all these different things um, that I got to remember to do before I start my presentation. Well, you can build an automation ahead of time to do all of that. Right. And so instead of forgetting to do it, you can be like, oh, time to present and basically click a button. It does all these different things at once and you're ready to present. Really handy if you're like nervous about getting things right for this big presentation or if you do like regular presentations, like you're a, a, a teacher at a school right. and you just want to have this button you can press that you know sets your Mac up for, you know, now you're teaching online or now Teacher you're mode. showing something on the screen. <laughs> yes. yes. Very cool. So, yep. All righty. Well, I think that pretty much does us for this week. Uh, yep. The show notes are at tehpodcast.com slash teh168. As always, if you've got a comment or a question for us, you can always leave a comment at the show notes page. We do read them. Thanks again for listening. Hopefully we'll be back for a few more weeks, although there's a fair amount of travel on my side yeah. this time coming up for the next couple of months. Uh, but thanks again, and we will see you here again real soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh,